It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Good to have you here on Listen Up. We've got the NFL. We've got college football. We've got the Kings. We've got all of that and whatever else you want to talk about right here on today's show. Let me back up, first of all, and talk about what happened over the weekend, particularly on Sunday with the College Football Committee. There is absolutely no way in the world that the NCAA could come up with a solution for this year that would make everyone happy, okay? Everyone knew that after Saturday, after Alabama beat Georgia, all right, and after Washington beat Oregon, and the way the rest of the scores turned out with Florida State winning, against Louisville, everyone knew that a team was going to get screwed or two teams, all right? Georgia has every right to be upset. Florida State has every right to be upset. But here's the reality of the situation. Only four teams go to the college football playoff, okay? It would have been great this year to have eight teams or 12 teams, but that's not the way it's set up, all right? So for all the heat that the NCAA is taking, and in particular, the committee, what were they supposed to do? All right. Had they taken Florida State and left Alabama out, then Alabama and Georgia would have been bitching and moaning. All right. Had they left Texas out and put Alabama and Florida State in, Texas would have been, wait a minute, we beat Alabama. I mean, you can go on and on. There's no easy way to do this. All right. There was going to be a school in this case, Florida State in particular, that felt they got screwed. And you can make an argument for that, and I don't have a problem with it. But, you know, what were they supposed to do? Appease all six teams when you're only allowed four in? It's the system that's wrong, all right? The fact that only four teams go. If there was ever a need for the field to expand, it was this year. Unfortunately, it's a year too late. All right, because next year we are going to see an expanded format in college football, but that didn't help the teams for this year. So, again, I ask you, what were they supposed to do? What were they supposed to do? All right, now to the NFL. When healthy, the one thing that's very apparent this year, the 49ers are the best team in football, period, when healthy. That means when they have Trent Williams, a left tackle, That means when they had Debo Samuel, okay? When they are healthy, I don't see anyone beating the 49ers. Think about what they've done in their two biggest games this year. Home against Dallas, on the road at Philadelphia. They have destroyed those teams. Not even competitive. Destroyed them. And when the 49ers lost three in a row 
it was like the roof had caved in on them. But you also point to the players that were not on the field. It's like any other team. When you lose key players, it's going to affect you. But the 49ers are, without question, the superior team in the NFC, and I believe in the National Football League. Does that mean they're going to win a Super Bowl? No, not necessarily. But they're going to win the NFC West. They have a chance of being the number one seed. And here's the other deal. It doesn't matter where the games are played if you're San Francisco. That team travels, right? The way they play, doesn't matter. Cold weather, wet weather, doesn't matter. They're the real freaking deal. All right, now to the Kings. I did a rant on this this morning. Pretty much the same team as last year. Now that we're almost at the 20-game mark. Pretty much a mirror image of last year. And that is a nice when the shots are falling. They're going to win, but they can't stop anybody. So in a game like last night, where they don't shoot the ball well from downtown, they lose. Why? Because they can't beat you anywhere else. They can't beat you with a low post game. They can't beat you by out-physicaling you. And they can't beat you because they can stop you. They can only beat you when their offense is clicking. And on nights when their offense is not clicking, they're going to lose more times than not. There are exceptions. You know, the Golden State game. But think about this homestand. 72 points allowed in the first half, Golden State. 72 points allowed, first half, Clippers. Last night, 69 points allowed in the first half. You're not going to win the NBA giving up 70 points a half. Not going to do it. I mean, once in a while you get lucky. And they got lucky against Golden State. But not going to work. And they got too many players playing inconsistently. Harrison Barnes, you don't know what you're going to get night, night in, night out. Keegan Murray, you don't know what you're getting in night in, night out. Kevin Herter, no idea what you're getting from game to game. The only two players that start are Sabonis and Fox. Those, you know what you're getting pretty much night in, night out. Malik Monk, you know what you're getting pretty much night in, night out. But too many players on that team where you don't know what you're going to get on a nightly basis. And yeah, they're fifth in the West and that's fine. But the, 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 I'm looking at the big picture here. The big picture is you're not going to win in the playoffs playing the way the Kings play because you're not, you can't stop anybody. You can't stop anybody. So if you want to talk about that, you know the routine, raise your hand, uh, and we'll get you right on. So NFL, again, injuries are going to f- dictate a lot of things. But if the 49ers keep their key players healthy, Purdy, McCaffrey, Kittle, Trent Williams, Samuel, Bosa, Young, Warner, Greenlaw, they're going, they're going to win. They're going to win the NFC. They're just better than everybody else, period. All right, let's get to uh, some phone calls. And why don't we welcome in Al. Al, good afternoon. How are you today? I'm good, Nate. How are you doing, my friend? I'm good. Doing well. Thank you. You know, 
I don't watch college football. I used to when I was younger. In fact, it's funny. I was listening. I listened to all four of your podcasts, giving thanks. And I remember the day after the Thanksgiving, what the always Nebraska, Oklahoma, or I think the, the Longhorns would play, play a team too on that. Uh, after yep. maybe I'm, I'm my memory failing me, but you know, I, I, it's got well the new system. You know, back then, Nate, you know this. I mean, it was all voting. You know, it's all funny, but this is what turns me off about college football uh, because I love the NFL because you settle it on the field. You're not voting for your championship. You're not putting numbers in a computer. You settle it on the field. That's why I don't like It sounds like they're expanding the format, but every year back then it was really bad. Every, it, it, it was always, oh, we got screwed, you know, with the voting, the whole yep. voting. Yep. So it's gotten a lot yep. better with the new system, but – you said they're expanding it, so that's my take. I mean, uh, did you feel – what was your your thought as far as your four? Who would you have uh, – I my four were exactly what the committee did, and um, I actually had a, a good buddy text me on Saturday uh, who went to Michigan as a big Michigan fan, and he said, you know, what do you think is going to happen? I said, it's going to be Michigan, Washington, Texas, and Alabama. And the reason why Florida State did not get in, and it's unfortunate, is because of the injury to the quarterback. The committee felt that with the injury to the quarterback, they weren't the four best teams anymore, which, you know, again, is so unfortunate when you play in a, you know, power five conference, you go undefeated and you don't get in. But that I, I'm not surprised at all. I thought that was going to happen. Once Alabama beat Georgia, you figured that they were going to be in. There's no way you could put Alabama in and not put Texas in because Texas beat Alabama in Alabama. And for the folks that say, oh, gee, you know what happened in September? Well, guess what? September still counts. It's not like those are preseason games. So I said on Saturday that there was no way in the world you could put Alabama in and not put Texas. And once Alabama beat Georgia, to me, that meant Texas was in. And we already knew that Michigan and Washington were in. So I had it exactly that way. Nothing surprised me. Yeah, and I'll tell you, how about Jake Browning last night? Boy, did he ball out, man. And, you know, it's, I, I know you, you're familiar with him, the local kid, because my brother lives in Folsom. And years ago, his daughter, my niece, went to school with, with uh, Brown, Jake. And he's like, oh, come over for a, a high school game. You got to see this kid. He, my brother's your age, loves sports. Just uh, you got to see this kid throw. And I hadn't been to a college football, a high school football game in a long time. So I went to the game and the guy was lights out. And wow, he was just so poised. So yeah. like, a, I mean, just the poise that he had. I, mean, I watched he, him play. I watched him play as a little kid. Um, you know, he's friends with my son. Uh, yeah. You know, we lived in El Dorado Hills, which is right next to Folsom. I watched right. many of his high school games. Uh, I, I'm, I thought it was phenomenal watching him last night. You think about what he and Ian Book did playing, you know, head-to-head, Oak Ridge High School and Folsom High School. Both went to play big-time college football, Ian starting at Notre Dame, Jake starting at Washington. Uh, Mm -hmm. And here's the other thing. Both of them have started a Monday night football game. Ian started a Monday night football game during the pandemic for the Saints. All right. Right. He started a Monday night, and now Jake Browning starting a Monday night. That's that's a pretty – Phenomenal story right there. Yeah, I remember Grant High School putting a couple of guys into the into the NFL. That's right. Well, I watched Shaq Thompson play against Folsom, you know, and Jake Browning. I mean, Shaq Thompson, the outstanding linebacker for Carolina. I mean, yeah. uh, I was at that game, Grant and Folsom. I mean, yeah, there yeah. are Grant's Grant's uh, a phenomenal 
high school football program. Phenomenal. It was Dante Stallworth, I think, and yes. Otis yes. Grant. No, Otis, uh, I don't know, but Dante Stallworth, yes. Yeah, no, that's a great memory. Um, enjoyed. I just finished a four podcast with giving thanks. I had to laugh at. I remember a lot of the stories, but they still. I got a good chuckle out of. Bert, you know, they found not laugh, but you're at the 29 points and a half, and you're like, oh, yeah, I know. No, you can yeah. laugh. Everyone laughed when I said that at his memorial. Yeah. <laughs> my, dad, my dad, my dad would have laughed louder than anyone else. I can guarantee you that. And I love, you know, but you need to talk about, you know, you know, you're, you're thankful for meeting people and, and maybe getting a big break, but you know, you, you worked hard. You saw the big picture. You would take, any job, if it got you exposure, you didn't care about the, the salary. You took the, the halftime gig for the highlights at the California Bowl, and yep. he, the guy flaked on you, and you had to wing it on your own, and you did great. And then you, so you know, you, you can say it's you can be fortunate and thankful, but I think you know, with your if you're motivated, you got a good work ethic. You always took the job, no matter what, no matter how far you had to drive. It was five, six hours to do a weekend gig or something like that. You always took the job because you saw maybe it's one step down, but it'd be two steps up, you know. And that's what that's why you're you've done so well, you know. Well, I appreciate that. Um, I love what I did, and I understand that in this business, and I'm not familiar with a lot of other businesses, but you learn this business by doing it. And uh, I was blessed that I had those opportunities, but I was ready for those opportunities and I made mistakes, you know, I mean, it's not like I was perfect, but um, I always, always had goals in mind and I went after my goals and I did whatever I had to do in terms of getting a job regardless. You know, I drove 10 hours each way to go to work whenever they needed me in Toledo. I mean, you know, it was 10 hours uh, from Long Island to, you know, Ohio, uh, Mm -hmm. North, Northwest Ohio was a 10 hour drive. And, you know, I was getting five bucks an hour and, you know, it didn't matter. I was getting experience that led me yeah. to my first full-time job. So I appreciate it. And I'm glad you listened to the podcast. Thank you very much. And I, I, had, I remember Artie Gigantino, you spoke to Artie and, you know, yep. he called, I, now you got to help me with this memory because my memory, uh, so I remember him calling, uh, a, I think it was 1140. You were not on, on that night. And he spoke to like how generous you were with him. How like he had he had just arrived in some um you help me out if you can remember he kind of had just arrived in town, you know, and he needed a lift somewhere and he didn't there's no Uber back yep. in and, and he needed yep. a lift and he I think he knew you and he called you. He didn't really know you well, but he said, Hey, Nate, can you give me a lift to the airport? I think at five o'clock in the morning. He said, Oh, sure, no problem, man. He goes, yep. Grant showed up at my house. He's wearing shorts and sandals. It must have been the summer in Sacramento. And 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 so do you recall that or something? You remember? He just I do. I, I don't remember specifically, but I do remember that. I, Artie was great. Um, you know, Artie was a coach with the Rams for uh, a period of time. He was on the you know Rams coaching staff, and but um, Artie is uh, you know again he he uh, was great for me, and mm-hmm. I, I I don't I don't mind doing stuff for people. I do you know like. I'm no different than most people. You always help out your friends and do whatever. But hey, Al, good chat. With you. Good chat with you. Thank you very much. Real quick, one if you could. Yeah, a Jim Gray thing. Do you have any? If you could send me a clip of any of his NFL play by play. 
I don't. Have I to looked. Find, I, don't even, I don't know how to find it, but you would. You would. You. You'd cringe. I can tell you that you would cringe. All right, pal. Take care. Have a good night. Take care. Bye bye. All right, let's get to uh, some more phone calls, and we say hello to Dorian. Dorian, welcome to the program. How are you today? Hey, Graham. Doing so awesome, brother. Hope you're doing having doing well. Hope you had a great weekend. Hope everyone's having a good Tuesday. Thank you. Grant, that was really cool. I didn't know that. I knew that Jake Browning was in the NFL, but uh, that's really cool that he had a really, I guess he had a really good performance uh, last night. I grew up with uh, with Daniel Graves, who's, you know, Folsom's, yep. you know, quarterback. Yep. And his brother, David Graves, went to Hawaii. I was one year older than Dano. Those are, man, that, those 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 two brothers were, were two hell of, a, hell of athletes. They sure were. No question. Big time. Um, yeah, they, they were amazing. It was great watching him and the championship football game um my freshman year at sac state playing football and his senior year against the against grant in high school that was those are some really good games back when grant was really good uh but, they were phenomenal games i remember uh i happened to be in town and the kings weren't playing and went to the grant Folsom game and it was like wow and you knew when you were there you know shaq thompson is the real freaking deal he was great on grant and you know um Folsom not only had you know, Jake Browning, but, um, and gosh, now I'm, I'm having a, a mental lock here. You know, their starting tackle ended up starting at Alabama for four yeah. years. And, you know, is in the, is in the Cincinnati Bengals organization, or it was on Cincinnati. Gosh, I'm, I'm going to kill myself for forgetting his name, but you know, they're big, big, big time football players at those programs. Yeah, totally. That was really cool. And uh, I think Grant High School has, has, I think they just won the section championship uh, back to back. Yes, they did. They did. Yes, they so did. So it's really cool that I know they went through a little slump back then. So, yeah, that's, yep. that's really cool. Good for the Folsom uh, products. But, Grant, I wanted to call in and talk a little bit about the Kings. Um, I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about Mike Brown's comments, his postgame comments. He mentioned that um, something along the lines of roles have not been defined yet. And per James Hamm, in Kings Insider, in the beginning of the season, I guess Mike, um, you know, obviously the players, they sit down with the coaching staff their roles become defined even before the season starts. And I guess even they even go to the extent of, you know, going up in front of the team and talking about their own individual roles. So I was a little confused that, you know, he mentioned yesterday that the roles have not defined. And this leads me to my question. Do you think that it, Mike is having uh, trouble finding a good solid rotation for who's coming in and out? And the reason I ask that is because, you know, some nights you're going to get some minutes from Keon. He does pretty well. You know, obviously, Davion has been going through a little slump. Sasha comes in, he'll shoot some threes. But the starters have been fairly inconsistent, like you mentioned earlier, besides Fox, besides the bonus. And you don't, you don't know what you're going to get from Herter. You don't know what you're going to get from Keegan. Malink has been our, probably, you know, the, the third guy that's been the most yep. consistent person. Do you think Mike's having trouble figuring out what is meshing and what is not? First of all, that's a fabulous question, the way you phrased it. And I think you're 100% correct on everything you said. Yes, I do think he's having a problem. The only part I disagree with you, I don't think that roles are defined before the season begins. And I'll okay. tell you why I say that. You have Chris Duarte that wasn't on the team last year. Sure. He's playing a lot when he when he's when he's able to play. You have Sasha Vizankov, who comes over as the MVP of the Euroleague, who the Kings were enamored with because of the way he shoots. But you don't you don't really know how he's gonna fit in to the NBA until you watch him play for a period of time. So you envision what his role is, but you really don't know what his role is going to be. Yeah. You also have Davion Mitchell, who's entering his third year. And I think it's very evident by the fact that he only played eight minutes in game seven of the biggest game of the year last year, Yeah, that Mike Brown didn't exactly have an immense amount of confidence in him. 
and was hoping that the offseason would fix his offense and make him a more productive offensive player, which it is not. So his role has changed. Totally. So I, I believe that due to the inconsistencies that I pointed out at the beginning of this show, I do believe that Mike Brown is still waiting for roles to be defined. And I think you hit it right on the head. I think Mike Brown goes in every single game, not really sure of how his rotation is going to look because he doesn't really know what he's going to get from, from the majority of his players night in, night out. And that's a tough way to coach in the NBA. If you look at most of the good teams in the NBA, Dorian, they all know who their top eight to nine players are. And those yeah. eight to nine players come in at the same time every game. They come out of the game at the same time. They have their roles. They know that what's going to – there are obviously, you know, circumstances which would change that an injury, foul trouble, some guy just going off one night. But for the most part, the players play the same amount of minutes during the same part of the game, and they know what their role is going to be. Totally. The Kings don't have that right now, and I think that's why they're very Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, I mean, at the, at the beginning of the season, I, I I called and I asked you, Grant. I was like, do you think the Kings can be a better team but still have a worse record than they did last year? And I think yeah. – I think with the amount of offensive threats that the Kings have and the and the type of the types of players, I mean, even you know, coming Lyles coming back, the Kings also haven't really been at full strength. I think on paper they're a better team, even with one game. Um, I think they're what eleven and eight, which was after nineteen yes. games last season they were ten and they were ten and nine or whatever. So one game ahead of what it was last year, I still think they're a better team right now. I just feel like Mike Brown is just having a tough time figuring out who who's who's coming in, who's coming out, just because of their 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 you know everyone the matchup problems, right? You know the 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 some yep. players do do really well one game, some players really don't. So I I, I think it's a it's definitely a, a rotation thing in in my opinion. But it sucks. That okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna answer the question this way, and and you tell me whether you agree or not. Sure. Maybe some of the players on the Kings aren't as good as we thought. Maybe, and again, I'm using the word maybe here. Okay. Yeah. I'm not making maybe Keegan Murray is not as good as I thought he was going to be. Okay. Maybe Kevin Herter is not as good as I thought when the Kings acquired him from Atlanta. Okay. Maybe Harris, maybe I overvalue Harrison Barnes. Maybe he's not as good as I think he is. Okay. Um, so those are three starters. Yeah. Okay. Maybe, maybe, and, and maybe Davion Mitchell's not as good as everyone made him out to be. All right. Okay. Well, obviously, he's not playing that much anymore. Maybe yeah. we in the media and we as fans, because I consider myself a fan like you, sure. maybe we overvaluate these players, overvalue rather these players. Maybe they're not as good as we thought they were or we think they are. That's also that's also possible. True. True. Uh, I know I, I agree with that, but I would have to disagree with with well, actually, we don't know, right? We don't know what these players, you know, injuries can hold back someone's career. You know, different teams mesh or different players mesh well in different other teams. I think that Mike Brown is asking Keegan Murray and Kevin Herter to be a better all around player than what they're used to being. And that's just in my opinion, which I think in the short term is possibly holding their numbers back. But I think in the long term, I think it will do much wonders for their career. Those are just two players that I think, well, Assuming they're capable of doing what Mike Brown is asking them to do. Yeah. I mean, you know, asking them to do it and believing in someone to do it is different than the player actually doing it. Now, right. you know, in Keegan Murray's case, I'm giving him more latitude because he's only in his second year. For sure. Like Kevin Herter, Kevin Herter should not be as inconsistent as he's been. Yeah. I mean, he really shouldn't. 
Yeah, no, I, I would definitely agree. Um, I'm not even going to talk about Barnes, but I also another factor to consider is last year there were so many teams with so many different injuries with players weren't even at full strength. I think yep. now this team, this Kings team this season, they're having to play a lot of teams with at full strength now. So I think that also provides, or, you know, obviously gives the Kings, you know, some different issues, which I would rather than play teams at full strength because I really want to see them actually beat teams at full strength to, pr- to prove they're a better team, not just get 48 wins and, you know, beat teams that aren't at full strength. That's just in my opinion. But uh, who knows? They're still playing. Well, here's the other deal. This is a critical stretch of the season when they have 10 of 11 at home. Oh, yeah. And I know the standings are there for a reason, but you and I both know they were very lucky to beat Golden State. Yeah. They probably would not have beat Denver if Jamal Murray had played, but he had turned his ankle in the game before and he missed. So really, when you look at this homestand, there's nothing that's happened on this homestand that as a Kings fan would make me feel like this team's moving in the right direction. I don't think they are moving in the right direction. I think this team's got some major issues. Well, maybe not major. That would be, let me take that. I think they have some issues that need to be corrected if they're going to make the playoffs and win a playoff series this year. Because this team, as it's it's playing right now, I don't see them winning in the playoffs. I I don't think they're good enough. And I don't think that they're anything other than a offensive. You know, if I ask you what the Kings' identity is, you're going to go, well, their identity is offense. Sure. And okay, that's fine and dandy, but you and I both know offenses crumble when shots don't fall totally. and the good teams can fall on other ways to beat you. The Kings don't have any other way to beat you on nights when their three balls not falling. They can't beat you any other way. Yeah, no, I would totally agree. I don't want to take up too much more time, Grant. I'm sure you got some other f- phone callers, but I wanted to ask you a question. Do you think, you know, we, you've talked about this and we've talked about this a lot on the show is the Kings really need a veteran backup point guard. After watching the Clipper game with Kawhi, with Russell Westbrook, with those four right there, do you think it makes sense for the Kings to possibly make a move for Russell Westbrook? Being no, the- no? I wouldn't. No, okay. I wouldn't. And the reason no, why I say I that is because he plays a little bit similar to Fox. He's a little bit more kind of wild, a little bit more turnovers. His handle isn't as isn't as good, but he, they do they they play a little similar style with a pace. And with Davion not pushing the ball up the floor like Mike Brown wants him to, that's why I asked. I wouldn't, but I mean, I know it would be a, a a big topic of debate. By the way, you know, we talk about the teams coming up. Here are the teams on the on the homestand that the Kings should, and again, I say should win against their next home game, Brooklyn. They should beat. All right, they should beat Utah, and they should beat Washington. Of course, they lost to Washington last year. Here are the games that are going to be very difficult. All right. Uh, at at the Clippers on a back to back after they play Brooklyn after they play Brooklyn. So again, that's the second night of a back to back. Boston is going to be very difficult to beat. Phoenix at home is going to be a very challenging game, and Minnesota. So you know this homestand, they better beat the teams that they're supposed to beat on this homestand because they have at the Clippers, they have Oklahoma City, which is going to be very difficult. Boston, Phoenix, Minnesota. All right. And then they leave on, you know, a long road trip. So they 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 better they better get whole here on this road trip. Yeah, I hope so, because, you know, last season they were a much better away team than they were at home. So looks, you know, hopefully this year they can, you know, at least get more wins this this, this year at home than 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 away. But, you know, hey, still a lot more basketball games, 60 plus games to go. Thanks so much. Grant. Yep. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate a good call from Dorian. You know, the routine, if you want to get on. 
you raise your hand and we'll do it. Always enjoy uh, chatting with you. You know, again, I always go back to looking at a team and where they're at. I think 20 games is a, is a barometer that's a good one to use in the NBA. And now we're pretty much at the 20 game mark. And so, you know, who's good and who's not now. Yeah. Obviously injuries can change that. And like, for instance, Memphis, who's really bad right now, you know, when they get John Morant back, that probably makes them better. Does it make them play off better? No, probably not because they're too far down uh, in the standings. Okay. But I've now watched New Orleans play uh, enough to know that they're a good team, even though they're eighth in the West. All right. But I, they're, they're a good team. Okay. Uh, again, conversely, Memphis is five and 14. They're not a good team. And even when Moran gets back, they're too far away. San Antonio, not a good team. Portland, not a good team. Utah, not a good team. All right. But Houston is better than I thought they were going to be. That's one of the teams that, you know, I'm looking at Oklahoma City. I've been talking about Oklahoma City now for a year. And I've been saying, watch out for Oklahoma City. Last year at this time, I was going, boy, oh, boy, you you just wait for Oklahoma City. When they get Chet Holmgren back and they get their draft picks rolling, watch out for the Thunder. I've been talking about them for a year now. Guess what? They're second at 13 and six. They're a good team. Minnesota, good team. Denver, we already know, good team. I'm not crazy about Phoenix still, but they're ahead of Sacramento. Dallas, you know, after their blistering start, has lost six of ten including a game to the Kings. I'm not so sure about how good they are. You know, I'm surprised the Lakers are 12 and nine, you know, but hey, you better not be taking too many nights off in the West or you're going to have some problems. John, welcome to the show. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good. Grant, how are you? I'm good. So, man, I guess let's start uh, college football. Me and you, we had a conversation a little over two weeks ago. And, you know, you were saying how Michigan was playing much better than they were earlier in the season. And, man, you nailed that one. And I said, Georgia, they're not quite the juggernaut that they have been the last couple years. And I was I was pretty close there, too. But about the whole uh, committee, they they were in handcuffs, man. There's nothing they could do. And the worst thing I feel, I feel Florida State. I feel terrible for them. And if their quarterback did not get hurt, I would hope that they would be in it because they're undefeated. But I still don't know for sure. Just because, you know, because Bama was playing, has been playing so well. Well, I I, I think it would have been, uh, I would have been against not having Florida State had their quarterback not been hurt. I think that would have been highway robbery. And I, I think that that would have been a very bad look for the NCAA and a very bad look for college football. To me, uh, if Florida State had indeed uh, been healthy in their quarterback, I believe that they would have been in, and I believe they would have been the number three seed, and I believe Texas would have been the four seed. Grant, I agree 100% with that. Three seed and four seed, I agree 100%. I also agree that they did get it right, even though it it really kind of rips off Florida state without them having yep. their quarterback. I believe that they do have the four best teams in there. So, I mean, I feel terrible for Florida state, but I, I understand. I understand. I think that they got it right there. And uh, as for 
the Kings, it was about 20, 25, 30 games last year when Mike Brown really found a solid rotation, I think. And he's just kind of, he's going to fall into it. He's going to find that rotation that he really likes. And he's too good of a coach and I think too good of a judge of talent and character not to find, not to find something like that because we have good guys on our team, good players and guys with good attitudes who are going to do whatever it takes to win. So I think, I think it's going to be all right. I agree that there are some issues, not major, major issues, but there are some issues, you know, and every, you know, every team, it's the same, it's the same name of the team every year, but it's the teams are different. Like, look, we got Sasha, we got Duarte and we got a, a, a big guy, a, JaVale uh, McGee. Those JaVale three, McGee. Yeah. Those three guys change a lot of things that we did last year. And I think for the better, all those guys are assets and improvements to our team. So I, th- I think it's a, it's going to come, it's going to come. I believe that we're going to be a better team this year than we were last year. Whether we have 48 wins again, I do not know that because if you recall last year, there were, I don't know how many times, at least 15 times where teams came in and they didn't play all their guys and not because they were hurt, but just because right. they were resting guys. Yep. That, that happened a lot of times, not just to hurt yes, guys, but I mean, that that's just how it is. And it's, Changing a little more this year, obviously, because the Kings, you know, they're they're not under anybody's radar right now. And they want to freaking turn that beam off just as much as we want to turn it on. You know what I mean? So this is I believe it's going to be a real fun season coming down to it. Well, I think they have a they have a stretch. And again, I can't forecast injuries or anything, but they have a stretch that begins at the end of uh, January. That is like murderers row to me where they have to go at Golden State, at Dallas, at Memphis at Miami, at Indiana, at Chicago, at Cleveland. And that's going to be a very interesting stretch for the Kings. Um, You know, I always look at, you know, different times during the year. And this is one right now, and I've been talking about this for a few weeks now, that this stretch of 10 of 11 games at home is absolutely critical for Sacramento. And they opened up with a win, then a loss, then a win, then a loss. And right now, you know, a, a, a homestand that I was looking them to go eight and three, they're right now two and two. All right. So it's not, it's not, it's, it has not been a good homestand so far and they need to change that around uh, because if they do not have a good homestand here, I don't know if they catch up from this. I really don't. Yeah, I totally understand. And I agree. And the one thing that I can say that I've been fairly happy about is even though we have been playing poorly, a couple of those games, we did find a way to win. So there's something to be said about, about at the end of the game, yep. finding a way to win. You know what I yep. mean? So, and like, yep. like You're I right. always say, it doesn't matter how you start nearly as much as it matters how you finish. And that, that's just how it is. And that's, yep. and Hey, I looked Amen. at the schedule too. I looked at the schedule too early next year. I guess it's the beginning of beginning of February right. or January. late January, whatever yep. it is. It late is January, a gauntlet. Yeah. It's brutality. I know. Yeah. It's brutality. Yep. We shall see, buddy. This is why we play them. And, hey, one thing about NFL, boy, 49ers, they just look absolutely unstoppable. Like you said, when they are healthy, they look unstoppable. My only hope that for me and for my team, I just hope my team beats Philly this weekend. Then we'll both have the same record. And if my team does end up getting home field, or we're going to need it. Absolute Cowboys play so much better at home. 
than on the road. And they're, they're, not gonna get, they're not going to get. They're not going to get. They're not going to get home field. They're not going to get the number one seed. I mean, uh, just no, San Francisco. Would, but yeah. they could get a home game. John, I want to read something to you. All right, because you were just talking about the middle. I was going toward the end. Just listen to this stretch that the Kings are going to have starting on uh, January twelfth. All right, My ears are at open. Philadelphia, at Milwaukee, at Phoenix, home Indiana, home Atlanta, at Golden State, at Dallas, at Memphis, at Miami, at Indiana, at Chicago, at Cleveland. How about that stretch? All right, and then I'm going to continue on just because you think it gets easier. It doesn't. You come home and you play Detroit. Okay, good. Then you play Denver at home. Then you're at Oklahoma City, at Phoenix, at Denver. That is unbelievably difficult, that stretch. Man, alive, Grant. If we were playing that stretch right now, we might get three oh wins, two or three wins out of that. <laughs> I, you know what I mean? I, I mean, that is just that's a, yeah, that's, that's brutal, isn't it? Dangerous. I know. I know. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, buddy. You take care. Hey, thanks, Grant. Have a great rest of it, and we'll talk soon. All right. Take care, buddy. That's- this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Stress. We all have it to a degree, big, small, but I think you can agree we all carry around different stressors. Most of you know what I've gone through the last four years, complete career change, moving across the country, filing a lawsuit, being in the news often, dealing with all of that, trust me, has not been easy. And if you keep things bottled up, it can really have a negative impact on your life. Therapy is a safe space. You get things off your chest. You can figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills. You can set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And you know what, folks? It's not just for those who have experienced major trauma. Hey, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's online. It's easy, convenient, flexible, and it's suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash grant today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash grant. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Stretch right there. Beginning with Philadelphia, oh my gosh. That is a very ominous schedule. Now, things can change. You know, you can have injuries. Uh, but I better, I'll tell you one thing. <laughs> De'Aaron Fox better not get hurt during that stretch because John might be right. You might only win two or three games. You might not win any games. You better make sure that De'Aaron Fox is there, healthy, and good to go. All right, Matt. How are you, Matt? Hey, Grant. Can you hear me okay? Yep. Here you're fine, buddy. Hey, just wanted to say I got to meet you at uh, one of those cantina watch parties. It was really nice meeting you. Thank um, you. First time caller. I just wanted to talk about um, Terrence Davis. A lot of people make a big deal about Donovan, uh, excuse me, Davion Mitchell not playing in game seven. I, I agree with that, but I think it's almost stranger that um, Terrence Davis was not brought back or that he's not even signed in the league and that 
Coach Brown had him starting um, in the final, uh, in you know, in the playoffs. Yeah, I just want to get your comment Davion on Mitchell that. Played eight, Davion Mitchell did play. He only played eight minutes. But I wasn't even aware that uh, Davis isn't on a roster. I was not even aware of that. Yeah, I just thought it was odd. Um, curious to see if maybe he'll get picked up by a team. And and also want to talk about um, who you think might be a good fit um, for a backup point guard. I could see maybe just somebody who's uh, just solid all around backup, um, who has a little bit of size on defense. And it's going to have it's going to have to be a team that's not going to be in the playoff mix that is looking to hit the reset button. All right, you're not going to get a good backup point guard on a on a winning team because they're going to need that player. So it's going to have to be a player on a team that is not going anywhere. That's like, okay, we're going to go and we're going to reload. We're going to hit the reset button. We need we need assets, uh, and so we'll give up a good player. It's going to have to be on a team like that. I don't have a name, Matt, in mind, but that's the scenario that it would have to unfold in, in right before the deadline in February. All right. Thanks a lot, Grant. Have a good night. Thank you. Hey, I appreciate it, Matt. Thank you. It's a good question because, you know, I always get asked that too. You know, what names? And I, I can't specifically come up with a name, but I can come up with a scenario, and that's the way I see it. Here's what I do believe. I don't believe the Kings are good enough right now to win a playoff series against many of the teams that they could face in the West. Okay. Could they win some games? Yes. Could they win four games? I, I don't, I don't see it right now. They're way too inconsistent, but you know, as Dorian said, you know, there are 60 plus games left. All right. It's the first week of December. Well, look at the first week of last year in December and let's then, then look at the first week of March. Look at the big difference that the Kings made or the first week of April, right? I mean, think about where the Kings were last December. There was a lot of excitement, but as Dorian said, the record wasn't as good. And then look at where your mindset was when the calendar hit March coming out of the All-Star break, right? Big difference. Well, so you could have a big difference this year. But I'm, I'm just concerned with all of the inconsistencies that I'm seeing. In my opinion, the team last year at this time was playing better than this year at this time. My opinion. Last year's team in the first week of December, to me, was playing better than this team right now. Let's get to Jerry. Jerry, welcome to the program. How are you? Hey, Grant. How are you, sir? Long time. No, I'm good, buddy. Grant. Uh, yes, sir. Been kind of busy, my friend. Graham, what can I do let me for ask you, you yeah. uh, with the Kings playing so much better at home, what do you think is the difference from last year to this year, even though the same core is still here? Uh, what do you think? The I difference don't think is? they are playing that much better at home. I, I, I don't I don't think they are. I think they're having the same problems. I know that, you know, record wise, what are they six and three or if I'm not mistaken, which is good. I think but, six and three. but I don't think they're playing that much better at home, quite frankly. I mean, look at this homestand. You think they're playing better on this homestand? I don't. They were, they got the Warriors handed them the game on a platter. Okay. Denver was without Jamal Murray. They lost to the Clippers and they got beat badly last night by the Pelicans. I don't, I don't, just because they're six and three, I don't know if they are playing better at home. I, I don't know if I would say that, Jerry. Grant, do you, they are. 
Grant, do you think why are the Heat having so much problems with the Pelicans? I mean, uh, uh, is Match there ups. like a matchup? Okay. Yeah. They have no one that can guard Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram has killed them. They have no one that can guard Zion Williamson. All the Williamson did not go off last night. Um, just matchups. And I'll tell you this. I think New Orleans probably might. I think New Orleans is a better team than Sacramento, quite frankly. And I think the reason why their record is behind Sacramento is because they lost, uh, you know, McCollum for all those games. But uh, I'm not so sure that New Orleans isn't better than Sacramento, and they may end up with a better record. Head to head, they're better because they're three and zero against them. Right. They might be a better team, Jerry. Grant, do you think when is Coach Brown going to make a change about Harrison Barnes? I mean, where has this man been, Grant? Got to happen. I've been saying that now, and I'm a huge Harrison Barnes guy, and I love him, but it's not working. You got to try something else. I mean, in my opinion, Mike Brown's got to try something else. And Grant, if you were uh, if you were the coach, who would you put in place of Harrison Barnes? I would start. I would start Lyles. I, I'd figure out a way to get Lyles as starter, move around my guys, and go that way and see how Harrison does coming off the bench. You know, if that makes a difference, that's the way I would go. And Grant, you know, there was a couple of days where I saw something, uh, I think it was on TikTok or either Facebook, that uh, they were showing uh, the Kings in practice and Coach Brown went off on Malik Monk. Uh, he was using some words that I'm just like, oh, wow. Uh, so if, you know, people say that Mike Brown doesn't care, he's there for the paycheck. I mean, I mean, it, it didn't seem like that to me. Nobody, I've never heard anybody say that Mike Brown is there for the paycheck. I've never once heard anyone say that. Coaches, uh First of all, I don't really judge whether a coach is good or not based on their demeanor or practice. So, you know, look at Bill Belichick. I mean, Bill Belichick barely talks during the game. And, you know, he's arguably the greatest coach in the history of the NFL. Tom Landry, when he coached the Cowboys, was stoic, uh, emotionless. And, you know, again, he was one of the great coaches in the history of football. I don't pay attention to that stuff. I've been around coaches that are in players' face all the time. And I've been around guys that, you know, take a laid back approach and, you know, Rick Adelman was like that. Rick Adelman had a laid back approach. Rick Adelman didn't get upset that much. And, you know, he was a tremendous coach. He's in the, you know, Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. So, Jerry, I don't I don't read into that stuff. I, I just I don't pay attention to it. And Grant, switching to the NFL, Grant, do you think if Brock Purdy last year did not get hurt in the NFC Championship game, do you think that would have went a different way? I don't know, Jerry. I can't, I, I can't say. I don't I don't I don't have the ability to come up with magic like that i would just say it would have been a much closer game but i i don't know philadelphia was really really good last year grant and you know what i mean watching the game uh that just passed uh i mean i did not expect that outcome i mean you know if anybody did then you know nobody not did. Telling, you know they're not telling the truth um do you think you said uh in your opening that uh if the niners stay healthy you know what they are the team to beat there's nobody that I see in football right now that's playing better or is better than the 49ers. And I'm talking about both conferences. Kansas City is not as good as they've been. It's pretty obvious. They've got three losses. Baltimore is very good because of their defense. But I'm not sold on Lamar Jackson in January based on what I've seen in the past. Uh, Miami would not. Miami would get throttled by the Niners if they played them. Um, I'm looking at other teams in the AFC. And I'm thinking, well, gee, who is there that could beat San Francisco? And I don't think there is a team right now, assuming that the Niners are healthy. Buffalo, no. Uh, they're too inconsistent. I, I, I don't see it. I, I really don't. I, I don't see it happening. Grant, do we know an update on on uh, 
Trevor Lawrence. I mean, uh, what injury yeah, he's did got he a high ankle. He's got a high ankle sprain. Mm-hmm. And a high ankle sprain is not good. So he's going to be out a couple of weeks. And Grant, would you think that too, like if the 49ers, you know, we know that they beat Jacksonville, they beat Dallas, they beat Eagles. Do you think out of those three teams, Grant, if they're healthy, uh, which team do you think they can beat the Niners if they would meet? Uh, Philadelphia. Philadelphia. I think Philadelphia, even though they got killed uh, the other night, I think if they had Dallas Goddard back, who that's a big loss not having him. He, he does a lot of things for that offense. I hear he might be back this week. He's got a broken arm. Wow. But um, that's the one team. I don't think Dallas could beat them. Uh, what was the other team you mentioned? Uh, Jacksonville. No, I, Jacksonville wouldn't beat San Francisco. No, okay. uh, I don't Grant, see it. Grant, I have one more thing, Grant. And, you know, I don't like picking on fans, Grant. But you know what? Philadelphia Eagles fans, Grant, have they always been – Assholes like that. I mean, they're. I mean, they're. Yes. I mean, I'm reading comments. Always. I've seen, Always. It's just like, why? I mean, you know, Grant. I see the parents and their kids flipping off Niner fans. I'm like, you know, is is that the way you really want to your kids? I mean, seriously. No, it's terrible. Uh, the Philadelphia fans have always been like that. Always, in all sports. Yeah. It, it, yes, I hear you loud and clear. It's. it's I, I don't know how you can accept that type of behavior from your child. And then Grant, uh, you know, sir, one more thing about the Kings. Um, you know what? If you know what, right now they are, uh, I think, uh, I think eleven and eight, maybe eleven and nine. That's correct. Uh, so, you know what? They're five and five on the road, Grant. So you said that this home stand, that uh, you know, it's going to tell a lot about this team. You know, you can pick up some games on this home stand. Do you think if they have a subpar homestand, do you think when they go back on the road, that's going to hurt them? Jerry, the Kings have found uh, some, they, they, they seemingly, uh, for whatever reason, find a way to play very good on the road and sometimes better than at home. So, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't just automatically say that. But this is a big homestand, Jerry. It's a big homestand. You know, Grant, you know, that's the thing I don't understand. You know, how in the hell can you play so much better on the road when you're in and you can't play the same way at home in front of your home team? I mean, for, I don't know. In front of your home crowd. I'm with I, mean, you. I, don't, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, I know. what, what is the big, uh, what's the big difference, Grant? I mean, what is it? I mean, I you, don't know, Jerry. You, it's, it's mystifying. Jerry, very few teams in the NBA ever have records that are above 500 on the road. So I, I, I don't know. You, you've got me. I'm perplexed. Okay. All right, sir. Well, thank you for taking my call, Grant. Love your show, bud. Take care, buddy. Bye-bye. All right, let's get to uh, some more phone calls and we say hello to Zach. Hi, Zach. Hey, Grant. I know uh, earlier in the show you were talking about like you don't really have an ideal backup point guard of mine, but I was just like looking at the teams. And, like, I mean, would you think heading into the playoffs, would you want more of a veteran or would you want more of a like a younger guy that could like keep up the same type of veteran? Veteran. I've been there, a veteran that's been there and done that. Yes, absolutely. Yep. I mean, because of that, based off you said, you know, to get a guy from like a team that are not really in playoff contention, the really only guy that really comes to my mind is like a Malcolm Brogdon off the top of my head. But I mean, I don't know what Portland's looking to do there with a backcourt situation. Um, What do you think about that? Well, yeah, I mean, he, he would be perfect. But I, I again, I'm, it's very difficult for me to, look at a player not knowing their contract, not knowing how the team feels about them. Um, he'd be a guy that, yes, I would love to have him. He'd be perfect. And 
uh, I have a question of your thoughts on Keegan Murray. Do you think Keegan Murray can still develop and to be that third guy, or is he just like still like a year, year and a half out from actually being that? Uh, yeah, he can develop into being a third guy this year. I think he's talented enough. I think he's got the right frame of mind. He's a true pro. Um, but it, it's got to start happening soon. He's just been too inconsistent. And I'm a little puzzled by that. I, I really am. So can it happen? Yes. Do I think he's a year, year and a half out? No, I don't think so. You know, maybe it's going to take the rest of this year, but I, th- I think it could happen. You know, I think because, it could happen based on watching him play. I mean, because obviously us fans, we obviously don't always know what goes behind closed doors in the locker room of practice. I mean, do you think it's kind of like, it almost seems like it's kind of a mindset because if you, Grant, I, maybe just me, but, he seems to be his numbers or his overall level of play this season has been down from his rookie year. I agree. I think his play last year was much more consistent than this year. And it's puzzling to me. And I don't know why that is because I thought he would really blossom this year. And at times he has, but there have been too many nights when it's not there. And I, I don't, I, I can't figure that out. I don't know if he's playing with a, an ailment that is, you know, holding him back with his shot. Or where, where is that? I, I don't know. It's a very good question. And just like as a fan perspective, like if he continues just to play inconsistent, mediocre like this throughout the next, I don't know, 20, 30 games, uh, do, could you see him actually being a piece that the Kings just kind of just, okay, let's just trade him? Or yeah. You- yeah I, listen, I, there are only two players on the team that are not tradable, and that's the Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis. I could see anyone else being traded. Sure. I mean, you know, you got to trade good players and good good players back. So, yeah, I can see that. Absolutely. And just one last question. Um, I'm going to be going to a Kings game uh, later in this December. Do you know what time they open the doors? I believe it's 90 minutes before the game, but you better you better go on the website, uh, the Kings website, and look, because I'm not positive. But I believe it was 90 minutes before the game. But, I mean, don't take my word for that. Go ask somebody that goes to the games on a regular basis. Okay. I just thought you might've, even though you, you know what? I can't, I can't remember. I think it was 90 minutes, but I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm not positive about that. Yeah. Obviously things changed, but yeah. But uh, thanks for your uh, time. Thank you, Zach. Appreciate that. Just, uh, you know, call the Kings or look, Dorian might have the answer to that. Dorian, do you have the answer to that question? Yeah, they usually if the if the game's at seven o'clock, is the doors open up at five thirty. But with the amount of fans there are, try to get there by four forty-five. Get there at good times. So that way, you're gonna have to wait so much in line. All right, but it is ninety minutes before the game. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate no, it. Have fun, Zach. Take care, bud. Thank you. Good stuff there. We'll wrap up the show tomorrow. Jerry Reynolds, four o'clock, over on my YouTube channel. If you don't like that, thanks everyone. We'll talk to you soon. Bye bye now.